Hey folks, John here. We have a pretty enjoyable episode this week uh, with guest Grace Toy of Hops and Lobs Farm. I wanted to preface this episode with while editing uh, last night and this morning, the audio, particularly mine, seems to be off. And off by a couple seconds, making it sound like we're talking over each other. Uh, and unfortunately, with the software that we are currently using, there's no way to fix that overlap between audios as it's all recorded in one audio. Now, usually this happens before or after, I should say, the podcast is uploaded. During editing, it sounds fine. And then when it's uploaded, that's when you notice uh, it being particularly off by a couple seconds. This episode, it seems to be off while recording. Uh, so, so I don't want it to discount this episode. Grace did a wonderful job uh, speaking with us today. She's an, a wonderful ambassador to Dairy Goats uh, as a young judge, young breeder. Uh, she has a pretty successful social media uh, background. And she's reaching out to people that may not particularly know anything about Dairy Goats, but they're finding out through her. And it's really an interesting one. Luckily, I'm not super, super talkative in this episode, so it won't be the entire episode of just garble. Uh, I do apologize. I luckily do have a new laptop on its way uh, in order to help fix this issue and use different software. But I wanted to preface this episode with just hang in there with us while we go through these growing pains. I truly am just, I feel bad that it happened with uh, such an awesome guest like Grace and any guest uh, in that matter. Uh, but it will be fixed. These are those growing pains that uh, these types of uh, shows go through and we'll work through it. Uh, it is unfortunate and we just, we're doing everything we can to get better for you guys uh, to, to better your listening experience. So with that said, enjoy this episode of Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. Appreciate y'all. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside. And Pretty good. Go Keeping warm here. I'm John, and as always, I'm joined right. by my co-host, Nate. Homies, Nate, how's it going, brother? <laughs> well, Nate, we have... <laughs> well, we're going stick to stick to uh, New England today. Uh, on today's show, Nate, we have Grace Toy of Hops and Lops Farm. Grace raises Nubians, Sonnens, and La Manchas on her farm in Connecticut, she competes at a national level and has won first place in classes and best utters at nationals, uh, a few top tens, and a recorded grade doe who won the recorded grade high 305 milk and high 305 butterfat. And that was as a first freshener, I believe. So Grace has competed pretty successfully in the Northeast and has quite the lovely herd. Grace breeds Goats that do well in the ring, but also excel in the milk pail. There's another side to Grace. Rabbits? Yep. Grace also breeds Britannia rabbits competitively. Grace is also active with her local 4-H club. Hi, thanks for having me. An ADGA judge. 
And a social media ninja. Welcome to the show, Grace. Wrap it. Yep. Yeah. I I kind of switched Thanks to those a couple of years ago. We did raise English lops, Velveteen lops, and Belgian hares, and then I had my rabbit midlife crisis, and now we have petites. And- <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I I just don't post about it on social media very much. It's kind of so. Are you still breeding the rabbits? Some of it to myself, <laughs> but yeah, I have them just on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, and you do. We do. National, um, I don't really do the fair uh, shows I for rabbits, but you don't really do like the small local shows, right? Locally, I think we did, you know, 20 or more a year because they do sweepstakes points and we went after that and we did pretty well in that each year. Um, but I just kind of do the ones I enjoy and then we go to a big show in Pennsylvania. Um, sometimes we'll go out to Columbus mm-hmm. for, they're like mini nationals almost. And then we'll go to um, the Arba convention, which is like Adga national show. So it moves around. Okay. And okay. periodically, I think I've seen pictures of you and Todd Biddle, I oh, think. Because awesome. I know Todd shows rabbits yes. as well. Yeah. I know, I don't see him too often. The last, I mean, I think it was in 19. I, I went down to Pennsylvania and Harrisburg to show. Um, and I saw him there, but usually he stays out a little bit more west, and I stay in New England. But I'm trying to okay. branch out a little bit more for local shows, just because we're more limited now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll probably be picking your brain about uh, competitive rabbits in, in the future just because Tierney has said she wants Alice to have a couple bunnies and I'm like well if we're going to do it we're going to do it <laughs> so that might that might be coming from me down the road um, so I know that intro was a little bit how far back do you want me to go uh, but could you give the listeners a little background with your journey with dairy goats yeah, wow. so I mean, just you know, keep it keep it broad. It, like, I kind of have to go Nubian back before the goats, you to explain how we got there. here. Um, but, go for it. Yeah, it kind of all started. It was in 2006. Like we always, my parents mm-hmm. didn't were not involved with ag at all. Um, they had a cat when I was um, a kid, and then I would have you know, I've had lizards, I've had hamsters, hermit crabs, everything. And then, so in 2006, we were at a fair and there was $5 guinea pig. So we bought one and it happened to come from the local 4-H leader. Oh, <laughs> then it kind of gatewayed into that. So from the rabbit club and I, I showed in the, ra- um, mm-hmm. the rabbit club almost to the end of my 4-H career. And then I stopped just to focus on the goats, but still showed outside of it. But um, I ended up, I started going to help a friend who was leasing cows at a farm and she was also showing dairy cows. So that eventually moved into me showing cows for a little bit, but I was leasing and just the situation wasn't great with the farm after some owner changes. So a friend was getting hog weather just um, for her birthday and she said, why don't you get a doe kid and she can join mm-hmm. goat 4-H and I was able to own the animal. So that's how the Nubian thing started. And that was the Nubian came in 2009. So then 2011, I was just, I just kind of enjoyed the Sanans because it's just such a different personality. And we were looking for a little bit more milk down the road because we wanted to do 
dope and everything. So Hassanin was kind of a story of her own because it, she came mm-hmm. through a um, kind of forwarded email to the 4-H club. So um, kind of just a backyard herd looking to get rid of their goats because the kids weren't interested and the parents just didn't want to deal with it anymore. So we ended up with this son and doe. Um, we're, you know, we're on the, front, on the phone with some friends kind of trying to explain the situation because when we get there we find out you know they don't have a registration they haven't registered in three generations but they have all the animals up to the last registered one on the property so for whatever reason i would go and i just wouldn't let it go this crazy damn raised five-month-old kid so we ended up just taking her anyway and we were going to try to track down the papers which never worked out so she was native on appearance but that doe surprisingly turned out really, really nice. So, and, you know, we still have her and her daughter was that one that won production awards at national show. And all my, some of my Americans come from her and all my Nubians, but the couple of purebreds I have go back to my first Nubian because the only daughter, I only got two daughters from her and the purebred I had from her, I could never get to settle. So I had an American not knowing the difference. So all the Americans come from that one daughter of hers. So, okay. and then the Lamacha thing was just, I didn't like Lamachas for years. I just thought they were weird. Oh, okay. and they looked like aliens. And, and started, I just got to see the personality and kind of fell in love with them. So I knew I wanted <laughs> a really, really nice Lamacha if I was going to do it. And I was waiting until, because we, we kept our goats off property because we were living in a more um, urban area. Okay. We, um, I kind of was saying either when I have no more grades left, if I'm still leasing a property, or when we move, mm-hmm. I'm finally going to get that Lamacha. And I had three does in mind. And one at the time was a national champion. One later um, became a national winner in a 93 doe. And then another is a 93 doe and the dam I actually got one from. And I narrowed it down. The national champion was like third on my list. That's how picky I was getting. So, you know, <laughs> it worked. It might worked out because I wanted the out of the doe that I got one from, from Trinity. <laughs> so I emailed Trinity and I didn't hear back for a little bit. And I'm like, oh, okay, she's probably just going to keep all the does and she's busy. So I emailed the other person out of curiosity and this doe was full. And then, suddenly like trinity got back to me and she had a second doe reservation open she was going to keep the first and it worked out the first year and that's how i ended up with her one lamacha so we have a lot the nubians and sanans are definitely the main part of the herd and the lamachas are just kind of my fun projects i like them i just i just want to have goats that i enjoy if i'm going to spend as much time and money and everything in my barn exactly So it, it's something that both John and I agree yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, for sure. If you're going to have goats in the barn and, and do all the work with them and, and care for them, and you got to have something that you, you like looking at yep. and and uh, that you can be proud of. So, yeah, I, I fully agree. Oh. Yeah, I, I would echo that. We've We've – my wife and I have – slowly found out that there are certain things that when we started that we thought we enjoyed but now we didn't and those things are no longer on our farm 
<laughs> so I totally get it. Um, but moving to the, I like to ask every person that we interview on the show uh, where their farm name came from. I mean, I can pretty much guess, but I, well, actually, I mean, Hops and Lops probably has to do with goat hopping and, and so I want to say Lops I made bunny, it up in right? 2007. Okay. I don't even know where I, I can remember like the first time I kind of brought it up to I think I brought it up to my dad but I have no idea where that came from I think it was just kind of a random thought so- I, I would I would think it'd be you know rabbit top you mentioned you had lops at one point I know lops are, are a type of rabbit yep you know so it would it makes sense um yeah no it's and that's not many people think about I me. Mean, when I think of Grace Toy, I don't really think of rabbits. It's a, it's a catchy name for, for a dairy um, goat farm. I do too. think of beautiful Shannons and Nubians. Um, Am I right? Yeah, yeah. By the way, just kind of totally off topic. I, I don't think this is <laughs> on any of our questions here. You have a, a LTD? <clears throat> yeah, so we have two Great Pyrenees. They'll be four and I believe June so when once we moved we had a lot of coyote issues at the place where we used to keep our goats okay it was to the point you know it was kind of in the woods but we weren't that far off not a highway but a pretty major route and mm-hmm. these these coyotes I mean were coming up 10 feet away from our fence line and so I knew yeah. we didn't have them there and we didn't have the space, but that was one thing I said, you know, the moment I know we're moving and we finalized the oh, house, wow. I need to put a reservation in. So it worked out. We moved in I'm trying to think. So I think we closed on the house around May and then we moved at the end of July. So the puppies were born beginning of June. So it all worked out. They actually shipped in on my birthday in August, which is fun. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Good birthday present. Nice expensive one for myself. <laughs> <laughs> The best kind. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have we have a friend who listens to the show. His name's Brett, who has yeah, an LGD that puppy that he bought, who uh, has yet to venture I mean, to the you know, barn very often. Maybe he needs crate, to reach out to you for some pointers. And they went right to the barn, and <laughs> we probably moved him in with the goats. Well, when they got here, we only had our yearlings moved. We didn't move the milkers and everything just yet. So at least they got used to the younger does that weren't going to beat on them as much as some of my sonnens did when they moved here. Yeah, yeah. So, my, yeah, mm-hmm. they still definitely prefer the Nubians over the sonnens because of mainly that old sonnen doe who would just beat yeah. the snot out of them on occasion. <laughs> Bill does when she gets in the mood. So, Is that moon? They moved in. I mean, they moved in full time within weeks of being here and they were in with the goats. I mean, within two or three weeks, we were leaving them. You know, we'd go for the day and they'd be out in the field and they were fine. So our our male was, you know, I pretty much had next to no issues with him and our female would play a little bit. So she kind of she still does get in trouble more than he does. But, you know, you just kind of get on top of it and she they know a certain voice if they if i start that they are out the door out of the way <laughs> they know they're in trouble so they're uh, yeah they're they're pretty good though i haven't had too many issues with them and it was just kind of reminding <laughs> them that okay the goats are not your friends the other dog is your friend to play with so just those boundaries okay <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. We don't have an LGD on our farm, but we have a rough collie who's always with the herd when I'm out with them. Uh, and same thing. He just, I've taught him just leave him alone, you know, usually within like five feet. I mean, the kids he plays with and licks and does whatever, but the older does who yeah. definitely don't like him, uh, he's learned that when I say back off, it means he's about to get hit by the by the goats, not me. <laughs> so, uh, on your website, uh, I noticed that there's well, always the it's, it's the we when you're discussing your your herd. Because, uh, you know, so, so who's my, who's the we on your sort farm? Sort of help, but not really. Like you know, my mom helps with feeding babies on occasion, and like you know, we have a couple in the kitchen right now, the new ones, and my dad helps with chores. And I always feel weird about saying I. I don't know what it is. <laughs> just something with how I was raised. Like, I just hate the sound of saying I so much. So I always put we. Technically, we mm-hmm. all help. But, yeah, everything, the management, the herd. And, you know, my dad just kind of helps with feeding and stuff. Yeah. So I kind of figured it sounds better and give them some credit. <laughs> well, I know that you you get some pretty awesome photos with him in them. Uh, yeah. You know, it's... Uh, in videos, <laughs> yes, certainly. So I wondered if that was what the we was. Yeah. And I know he's got a few that are his In videos. So Yeah, he has his first she's on paper mine because we decided he doesn't want to have to deal with ROAs and he never remembers his glasses anyway. So it's you know <laughs> you can know, but I'll I'll sign the papers at least. So I should about it. I mean he takes pictures and stuff too and he's gotten better at it. <laughs> So usually every spring we kind of have to break ourselves back into, <laughs> all right, we got to learn how to do the right angle and work with him on that. So he's, he, he helps quite a bit, but as far as genetics and all of that, it's, he's just like you that, yeah, that's your problem. <laughs> I'm surviving. So you mentioned kitty season is yeah, here I, I hear for you. It's been, uh, I mean, how's we that had a lot of so does. Far? How it kind of worked out was we had a huge group for like the last <laughs> two weeks. We just finished with that two days ago. And then we just kind of have a couple does here and there through the first like week of June. So it's pretty easier now, but it was just, you know, we had our first C section. I've never Ooh. 12 years had to ask a vet to come out. For anything kidding and this was the first one I, I was just told him yeah I'm coming in with this so I she just wasn't it, it wasn't her it was just where the kid was positioned it wasn't putting enough pressure for her to dilate completely so finally <laughs> hour gets dilated and I pull the front legs out and I was like oh we're in trouble because they were massive so oh, no. and her over and then I had another disaster that's probably a little graphic for this but the next night so oh, right boy. when the st- whole snowstorm started i had to have my vet come out and i was like just let's just do it now instead of in the morning when there's you know a foot and a half of snow already so, yeah my the new vet at our clinic she's really good with small ruminants luckily and um we have our main vet and there's one other one that she's more of an equine mm-hmm. but she'll come out and i've another one i've slowly started to break in maybe a little bit but you know so we had a great bonding over the weekend. You know, a good vet is hard to find. <laughs> yes. It really is. Uh, no, that's good. That's awesome. Now, just for those in the Connecticut area, what's the vet uh, service you're using? 
Yeah, so they're in Granby, and I think they go they go into Massachusetts, and they go to most of Connecticut, you know, at least the northern part. So, and they come out the northeast. But yeah, we've had some. Danielle and I had this conversation on the way back from that son of a buck show, but we we've had some miserable vet experiences. But they're probably, you know, I told my vet the other night. I think he, I, I truly believe he's probably the best goat vet in the state. And he's just so down to earth. He's willing to look into things, you know, when we have weird cases or I want to try and handle something a different way. You know, he's willing to do the research and talk to other vets and everything. And that that's very hard to find. It is. It is. Especially in this area. Yep. Um, now, it's uh, your, your kidding season. Is it turning out with uh, the outcomes the way you had hoped? Like yeah. the plant breeding that you had that you know are the kids the way you want or so you know, or, the, or the gender your sex you want you know, are the top lines being fixed or the feet and legs or the way you're hoping the sex you want <laughs> so far yeah i like it we've had a buck here i think i gotta count again it's kind of depressing but i think we're at over three four bucks so far out of 40 kids so that oh, wow. yeah it's painful <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> my goodness but yeah, because the bucks I used this Oof. year, it was all bucks we had used in the past. So some of them, <laughs> like one of the Sonnen bucks I used this year, I'd only gotten one doe kid from him the year before. And all of his kids were stunning, but a lot of them were grades. And then, you know, I just had that one doe. So I've gotten a lot from a lot of doe kids, actually, all but one of my Sonnen doe kids is from him right now, which is a little bit of a problem. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so, but... <laughs> It's kind of been more interesting this year. You know, I kind of knew where the breedings were going. So we have seen <laughs> out what these bucks produce, but we've yep. been able to cross more. Like this is the first year we've seen offspring that have, you know, all three sires we brought in in the last couple of years in their pedigree. So that's been kind of neat to see the um, product of because they all look great. So it's, I, I kind of don't get too excited mm-hmm. and I just kind of go into it. Like we're just see what we get for kids and for does. <laughs> They got a time. Now, now you have. <laughs> it's it's hard not to get excited, though. It really is. I mean, I'm over here waiting for March, like it's Christmas, it's, and like I mean, every year I get less. Maybe it's just because I'm not excited, and I'm happy when it's I'm done, and I can in, see. I'm, all right, this is you know, dope. They have to now, work with. But... This is how growing, <laughs> but. I feel like the more, obviously, the more animals you have, the more issues you run into. So, oh, yeah. Oh, like, all right, what's going to happen this year? Mm-hmm. Now, you got some uh, Sonnen kids that have got some uh, adorable, big eyes <laughs> that just stare at you. How that, where's that coming from? So I used, it's actually a funny, it's actually a purebred buck that. Really? I, his daughters, I have two. I didn't own this buck. I had used them a couple of times. And one of his daughters is the doe that won those production awards. And then I have a five-year-old um, by him that I love this doe. She just, I haven't shown her since she's two, just was scheduling. And she didn't freshen last year. So I, I knew the older one had these, like, I was, I've always called her crazy eyes because she's got these huge bug eyes. But she's always also damn raised and just a little bit neurotic to start with. Okay. So when the next, the other daughter was born, because the, the buck is crazy himself, I was very, you know, we're going to make her friendly. <laughs> She's not going to be nuts like her sister. 
and she's really good but I didn't think about the fact that she gets in trouble a lot and she knows if I yell at her across the barn she looks she like turns her head and gives herself whiplash and her eyes are huge because she's like oh no what did I do now and then her daughter um, she had this huge single doe the other day and I mean her eyes are all bloodshot and you know I, she had her before I got down there of course she waited until that- I fell asleep for a few minutes <laughs> she has no, that- eyes Sorry. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. bloodshot eyes sorry I was gonna ask is that the one on, on Facebook that you've posted Yes. Yeah. That's the, she's just 48 hours probably about now. So she, she's interesting. <laughs> she has the personality. It's still that little bit of crazy is coming through. So we're going to have to work on her. Yeah. I have, I have a doe that has, I call her, well, she has many nicknames. Most of them aren't nice, but one of them is, uh, Kermit the Frog. She's got just these eyes that, I mean, they're set fine, but she just, the way the hair grows on her eyelids, it makes it look like she's a frog. Um, and you've actually seen her. I believe you saw her at Dutchess County Fair when you were judging there, but uh, her name's Jem. And man, her daughter got the same eyes. Yeah, and, and she's the friendliest thing. Morning. She's just kind of buggy. Um, she's out of a set <laughs> so of it's funny how those, I, those like traits kind of go on to the kids as well huge like doe eyes and i i told him when they picked her up i said i just have to let you know i've been calling her goldfish for the last two weeks because that looks like she's adorable but <laughs> yeah i make up some weird nicknames because <laughs> <laughs> i think we all do <laughs> <laughs> So, well, we're going to get into one of your Bucks nicknames here in a little bit. Uh, but I, I don't uh, know. since we're so on I, kidding I season and that topic, it, the what's your most anticipated most breeding anticipated, for this year? Do, and I had a think? couple, like two or three AIs I wanted to do, and every doe had issues. One of them ended up with a false pregnancy, had to loot her two days after I AI'd her. That was painful. Oh, Put two straws in, too, and I was just like, oh, this hurts. So, and then. I had one that just wasn't settling and she's kind of got just a weird cervix and she settles fine live breeding. Mm-hmm. And then my older doe, she, we, she did settle and we think she reabsorbed her AI. And I had mm-hmm. and I finally somehow did and just kept giving her cistrella and just hoping since it was so late, but yeah, that, oh. that was probably going to be it. And then scanned her, you know, a week later and went, Oh, this doesn't look great. <laughs> Can I ask what's the name of this older doe? We could call her the older doe. Oh, this well, this is a Nubian name, Wisteria, the black and white. Doe. Oh, Wisteria. Oh boy. Yeah. I know of Wisteria. Yeah, I've never had an issue getting her bread, and of course, this is the year she wants to do it on me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was 2020's last strike there. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah, it, it seemed to be going around for a lot of herds this year. Yeah, with for, for me, it was, was Addie. Uh, yeah. Somebody, yeah, somebody was off, just do co- a little bit of driveway breeding issues every every time, it seemed. You know, there's one family, they finally just <laughs> I, bought a buck because they're definitely, they brought six does here and I think they brought some to somebody else too. So they, I kept telling them it's time to buy something. But 
from anybody just you need a buck but they brought they're they're really good about cedaring those and they they brought six in a weekend three one day and three yeah. and <laughs> oh, wow. at least half of them came back in and one of them kept short cycling and of course it was the crazy one and her boy her poor um boyfriend had to bring her a couple times while she was in school so, I, I i have a question do you have much experience with cedaring Yes, I've I've done it. I haven't done it in the past oh, couple of years, but you know, we did when we used to um go off site and breed. We did it a few Okay. Years. So, but yeah, I always I was getting like 100% quads with cedars, so I've kind of backed off. Oh. But... <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, my goats like to have high multiples on me, so I've been kind of cautious. 100% I use more than anything quads. to bring them into heat now. <laughs> And that seems to work and I'm not getting these, you know, crazy big numbers, but for whatever reason, just, I've used just a cedar alone and I still get quads. May I ask what's your loop protocol? Um, I just started doing just one dose of loop and, you know, I had a few this year. I used it more than I have in the past. Um, I had a couple that came back or that weren't coming back into heat and I knew they were open. I ultrasounded them. I blood tested just to be sure. Um, So I ended up, you know, you just do loop and I think it's, two or three days they should come in and everyone was like clockwork and everybody settled first try so i i was happy with that and i think i used it on around five does this year now do you induce labor not unless i have to so i mean the one the last one that just kitted i had given her loot because she was getting a little close and i'll have a few this year i'll have to just with trips but typically i let them go as long as they're not getting too close to 155 and you know, I've done it. If there's a show coming up we want to go to, or I'm traveling to judge, then I'll have to induce them. But I try not to because I think they come into milk a little better without it. They, they do come into milk a little better without it. Um, the other reason I was where I was going with this is I'd heard that um, mm-hmm. they may build up a resistance to the loot, and I didn't know if you'd heard anything about that um, I, at all. Yeah, I had I haven't heard that, but it makes sense. You know, like anything, I try not to even, I know like Bosey and Selenium is one of those that I know a lot of people are saying they do it, you know, four or six times a year. And, you know, with anything, the more you use it, the more they're going to have resistance and, you know, the less effective it's all going to be. So I try to be a minimalist with a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like CDT too, because that's been a big conversation. I think the past couple of years about how many times are you really doing it each year? Cause some are doing it, you know, twice a year. I've heard even more than that with some people with your mature animal. So. Yeah, we do it, you know, once a year, you know, six to eight weeks before freshening. I know some people will do it closer to freshening, but hmm. we, for us, it's more for the benefit of the dough because we're pulling the kids anyway. Mm-hmm. And so, and the kids are getting pasteurized milk and uh, based on, you know, Dr. Tatiana Stanton and and Dr. Mary Smith, the CDT um, bacteria really don't transfer very well through pasteurized milk. And so it's mainly for the doe's benefit, not uh, for the kid. We end up having to give the kids uh, the CDT shot kind of later, you know, four weeks or so. Um, but I would, that's why I was asking, I was asking mainly about the loot and the resistance because I'd heard that there has been 
resistances if if people are looting them to bring them in, into heat and then they're using loot again to uh induce you know the labor and that's why i was asking so yeah thank you for doing that yeah no it makes sense like in our our does it looks like we probably loot them to breed them we've been pretty fortunate that almost the entire herd thinks naturally every year Wow. Like this whole group that was all natural heats and the couple of the last ones were just does that short cycled a couple days later. So we covered them again, but our, our does have been pretty good about naturally sinking for us, which is nice. Are they sinking by breed or are they like, Nope, just mainly the whole herd. And I'll have a couple don't, but for the most part, yeah, everything is just sinking together. And this, this was really bad this past yeah, year. Mine too. I've, I've been close. Yeah. I'm drawn out from January to May. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to the first week of June now. It, it's still not to cause that because she, I've, I've decided she doesn't like early kittings. She wants to be bred in January every single year. And it's, yep. it's like the day after my dad goes back to work. So I have to try and scramble to find a car because, of course, she won't go when his. We usually just take her in the SUV and throw her in the back or goat mobile. Yep. So she, she, <laughs> Two trips out to New York in the backseat of my truck because she spoiled and I was nervous to put it in the actual back <laughs> truck. <laughs> I've been going to Lynn's, yeah. So, cause Lynn's she, good. Yeah, she's got well, options too. Where do you take her in New York? Um, is that Lynn Haven? Oh. <laughs> yeah. I think Lynn's options are legendary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she does. We love Lynn. Lynn's great. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, we've got to get Lynn on. Um, oh, she'll be on someday. Don't worry. I just got to talk her into it. You know, we might have to do it at a show. Well, you know, that, that their technology yeah, is pretty maybe. rough sometimes. That would be fun. But we'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. Me. We could always do that. Uh, so getting Nate back on track. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you buddy, um, this year is kind of a weird year with the whole pandemic thing. Um, and last week we just heard the national show rules. Yeah. As uh, long as they have it. Going I'm to be in, to be in effect for no, Kentucky. Um, do I are, like you, are you planning no, on going to nationals this year? My goats? Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's the simple answer for me. Awesome. With all yep. That. I think that's as perfectly put as it can be. Yep. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I agree. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be different, but I mean I kinda like that there's no milk out uh, just because it seems like I've never had to do it. And so I, you know, I've I've never been, but uh it seems like a pretty big headache. I hear you sighing me. I get it, uh, <laughs> but but there's no there's no milk out, uh, and you have the option to leave after you're you've shown. So I mean, it seems like it's nice that you don't have to burn as much uh, time you off from work. And you were uh, at Columbus. Yeah, you don't have to wait um, and wait and wait. Did you have how many doses? So it seems pretty. One of the things nice. I I think about with milk out is I remember. Being in the show ring and having be the hold up because the judges checked the udder and said, 
to whatever dough, this is overbagged, and they'd have to milk out a little bit at ringside while the class waited. Did that happen to you? No, I didn't bring too many milkers, but I also milk out at um, just the normal check, and then I strip. Yeah. You know, my my does don't. I I don't like to keep goats that need that long to bag up. You know, they they should be able to get enough milk and you know for a show of that size you know 14 hours so our our does are comfortable but i have you know noticed there was a lot of conversations my dad's very good about taking videos of our goats ringside so i'm watching down the line of some of these does i won't say what breed walking away and you know half of them are really waddling and having trouble Mm -hmm. getting around there so i i do like the milk out i i think it's important but you know, it's Me too. early anyway, you know, I really wish people, it was a little bit later or something. Our, our big problem was the milk out was like, uh, they came through our pens at five yeah. o'clock and we were in the, we, we did the math of when we figured our does would be in the show ring. And um, so we figured we needed to milk out again at nine you know, to have them at optimal, perfect, not overbagged, but just perfect bag. And at nine, we were still in the show ring. Mm-hmm. And so we came back and we had to like play around with milking. Our does weren't overbagged, but you know, we were, I, I observed that in the show ring, animals coming in, some had been overbagged. And I, I think the milk out is important because the does shouldn't be uncomfortable going in the show ring. I mean, you, you know, I, I, I'm not an advocate judge, but I've, I've seen it enough in shows where a doe is overbagged, and quite frankly, she looks like crap. And, and I, 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 as a judge, I'm sure you've seen it too. You know, where the doe is just, she needed to have been milked yeah. out. You know, twelve hours ago, not eighteen. And that's where I think the importance of the milk out is. Well, I think, well, the judge always has the option to either tell the uh, exhibitor to let some milk out of that dough or to not allow the dough in the ring because she's overbagged, if I'm not mistaken. But I've used it in my reasons, and it's mainly because, you know, those does walk in that are so overbagged, and, you know, their hips are inches above their withers, and they can't walk on their rear legs, and usually it's going to touch that general appearance. But, you know, it most of these people should honestly should know walking in the ring, if your doe is overbagged, you know, watch them walk away, have somebody walk them for you for a second before you walk in and, you know, make sure if they need to be milked out, they can. So, but, you know, it's it's tough because you're also holding up the show and it's about security yeah. to have them next to the ring. Just me being mm-hmm. as crazy about that as I am with my own animals, you know, so as yeah. everyone handles it different. And, if, you know, if a doe walks in where, you know, those teats are getting cold and they're that bad, then it's definitely a time to ask them to milk out. So. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, we just touched on a subject, you know. Here you are. You're an advocate judge. Um, mm-hmm. it, when did you start judging? 
I got my license um, when I was 18 in 2015. So, yeah, I got it pretty young. <laughs> well, I, I, I know a few judges who got it young. And I think, you know, my, for me, the first I knew of uh, Todd Biddle was 18 <laughs> when he got his. Um, he was actually still, uh, you know, showing in in uh, the – well, the youth classes at nationals at that point. Um, and so, um, but yeah, so you started judging when you were 18. Uh, any challenges yet? Anything that? I mean, not really. I, I've kind of, I'm also like a crazy planner. So, and, you know, I had my first pre-TC I ever went to, I had been to several, and I also went through the whole TC as an auditor um, the same year, but I was 17. I turned 18 in August, so I went to Tennessee in, like, June of 15, and then I went back at convention and got my license. So I, I kind of knew as far as the judging side what I was getting into and, you know, talked to judges. I mean, like, Bob Bartholomew's one at Big E. I don't – I'm pretty sure he – as my mother puts it, like, he's probably like, shoot, there's no way that kid is going to get their license. Because he didn't know who I was at that point. I was in kind of just this random 4-H-er. Um, but I, you know, I asked different people and judges and, you know, <laughs> advice and how to get through it. And a TC is hard. Just the TC part is hard to kind of mentally get your head around um, and just kind of get through that process. But as far as judging and traveling, like, it's been pretty... There, there's been stressful trips for sure, but for the most part, you know, it's been, there's some trips that are more enjoyable than others, but it's pretty fun. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> so with, uh, with you being a judge and you've judged, in the area you live, a lot of judges do just because it's pretty convenient for local shows to have somebody local judge at the show. It's just monetarily wise. It's just smart. Um, is there any added uh, pressure for like, judging I think animals for some people, people that you've it could. I'm, known for I'm very good in my own 10, mind, 15 you know, years that you've People want to start rumors because it doesn't matter what competitive world you're in. People are going to be like, well, they know so-and-so. and But, you know, it doesn't matter. Yep. I have a nice goat and I I've dealt with that in rabbits before I got into goats. So I kind of know how to brush that off, but yeah, I, I try not to judge in this area very much. I just, you know, I try to let other people and, you know, I hope they get other judges from outside, even if it's, you know, just Pennsylvania or Ohio or something mm -hmm. just to get a different opinion. Um, but you know, judge like in Maine last year, mainly, the pandemic everybody's having trouble getting judges and i've done new york but i haven't gotten to show with yeah. you guys in a while either no you haven't we, we missed that so yeah i haven't i i haven't i haven't seen you in the ring ever since i've been showing goats i've always seen you as uh one year it was you were the 4-h judge at dutchess county fair yeah and then i think the next year well, I, I which is I've two years ago now, her. The, the judge for the right. show at Dutchess County Fair. <laughs> I say, I, I say, I've never I shown I've seen you in the ring, you know, <laughs> once or twice, and both times at Altamont. So, yeah. and then and then at Columbus. Mm -hmm. Well, we really and as I, you know, I I was judging a show with a couple other judges, and you know, we we're talking about this because I've definitely 
push my own herd aside a little bit to judge, but I also want to be able to travel and take those shows in different areas that I haven't been to. Well, I can't, you know, I've got to judge a lot of national champions and a lot of beautiful herds and, you know, just animals that you, you really probably would never have heard of mm-hmm. if you didn't go out and judge these shows. Yep. But, you know, like we didn't show it all last year. I didn't show maybe I think I showed like one or two milkers at Biggie in 19, but I mm-hmm. only showed a couple of juniors at one other show that year. And I, I guess the last time I showed was probably 18 at Biggie. It's since I showed an I haven't shown a Nubian milker. I know since Biggie in 18. So, and I kind of myself, you know, like I'm part of my goats. I'm kind of the opposite of barn blind where I, I just sit at home. Oh, wow. Like, Oh my God, all these animals are crap. I don't know what the, like, they're just hideous. <laughs> and then I go to a show and, that happens in my barn too. So don't worry about it. You're you're not alone. <laughs> well, our last appraisal, Danielle's stock was before us, um, and this was like the first time I had an afternoon appraisal too. So I was already stressed and panicked, and I had gotten back from a trip the night before, which was just great for my nerves and everything. But I'm texting Dan. He's like, "Well, it's, this one got a seventy something," and I'm thinking oh man all my goats are gonna appraise 70 and they're gonna have acceptable memories <laughs> and i think the lowest we had was an 85 on a yearling <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. so i i'm hard on my to take them out at some point because they're i have some really really nice does that i know are could be competitive yeah, and i really just want to get honestly just want to get scores on them more than anything but they they need to leave my barn at some point because they're too nice to be sitting here doing nothing. <laughs> now, how do you feel? Uh, yeah, I'm hoping. I some of them. <laughs> I mean, I have. I think. Well, hopefully this year you'll be able to go to a, a show couple shows. Milker, so I kind of need to get them to something before Kentucky. <laughs> so yeah. Just, yeah, because I have a crazy three-year-old that. Uh, Every, yeah, I'd everyone say in do. our area probably knows that Tina show that I brought her as a dry yearling just to kind of break her in because she's scared of everything. So mm-hmm. she's been home for a year and a half now. So that's going to be an interesting one because I'd like to see her in Kentucky. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, she's just, uh, she's, if, yeah, she's a little bit of a nervous Nelly. Is it that one? Is, is she a Nubian? Uh, oh. She's a um her name's Delphini. She she has the moon spotted band. I, what? I never I didn't post a picture of this goat for months after she was born because she was so nice, but I knew everyone was just gonna be like, Oh my gosh, she has a moon spot band. So I don't post about her, but you know, she's she's the last maternal sister to Wisteria before we um okay. lost her. So, <laughs> That's what I thought. So I put up with it. <laughs> <laughs> if she's moon spotted, she could be sword something as a Nigerian. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> everyone is obsessed no, with the spots. And I, I kept the spotted buck mainly because I lost his father really suddenly last year. <laughs> and oh, I want a spot, spotted buck or a kid from him. And he's produced next to none, which I'm fine with because I kind of like my plain goats. Mm-hmm. A couple spots isn't the end of the world, but yeah, everyone gets a little distracted. Yeah. You know, though, you know, you get uh, a specific color to your own herd, and it can be kind of nice. Yeah. Like, there's, yeah. uh, and... I, don't, 
don't know how to describe it. Lynn had that color, which like a reddish color, but a bit of a ash to it. Yep. With the, you know, you can look at it and go, that's a Lynn Haven dough. You know, it's kind of nice to have that, especially in the Nubians or Lomanches. Um, but, you know, sorry. Oh, yeah. Hey, I, I think you too. You know yeah, what, John? I, I mean, think Nate, you've got that, that get bay, and bay and black. black really, I mean, that's in the Grace's really hands killing in the show. <laughs> well, well, I told John, there was a moment that we almost got over Hosley several Oh! Uh, she, she's weak, John. More <laughs> <laughs> bad, but we're like, yeah, between... Technically three breeds plus one that's still in the grade book. It's I can only show so many different breeds. <laughs> we'll we'll be the overhousely owners for you, and you can show for us, and it'll be like overhousely <laughs> by I don't know de facto. Yeah, I'll get extra <laughs> exactly. That's what I used to do with the matches and see what happened there. Exactly by association. John, you know, John has some real nice ones down there. <laughs> I have a few. You know, if you ever need to, <laughs> just let us know. <laughs> well, we, we, somebody, uh, oh, yeah, yep. Well, you've got, you've, you've got Emily Kern there. Well, she's got, she's got, she's got the like, Oberhasley. Well, she used uh, Orion too. this year. Actually, you <laughs> knew that because. Was- I'm pretty sure you sent her my way, so never mind. <laughs> I, I try to tell people because you know people want to complain about how far to drive for a buck, and you know I did with La Macha, who just wanted to be dramatic, and I think I did at least five trips to Lynn's last year, and that's a two-hour ride one way. Yep. I'm like, if you want to use a buck or you want to get those genetics, you just need to suck it up and make it happen, really. But it, mm-hmm. you know, going to Lynn's is always an experience. It's always fun. So it can't be a bad thing to be driving out to Lynn's all the yeah. time. Well, maybe all the time. But I can sometimes, so it's it's all worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so out of out of all the uh you know, local shows Ooh, and, know. and national shows that you've been <laughs> to. What, what's been your favorite experience I mean, and, and accomplishment in the ring so I don't far? Know. I, I'm not, how do I put this nicely? I'm not super it's a rough one, right? sentimental about wins. And I actually, <laughs> I had a conversation with a very accomplished Nubian breeder that was judging her goats this year and we're talking after. And, you know, I kind of told her, I think the highlight of my year last year was getting a doe kid that her entire plan pedigree and her pedigree and agogenetics was all of my herd name and several animals I had bucks I had owned. You know, I, I think that was like more special to me and finally getting to that point and getting a kid of that quality that I can enjoy at home. <laughs> that I, I, I that is that is an awesome that's I think yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, that's that's a pretty so awesome. To, you know, we've done well at national show. I think, you know, she didn't win a class. I think Wisteria doing well. You know, she placed twelfth and sixteen as a first freshener, and seventh in Columbus. And you know, that's always it's nice to see that because it took 
again, a lot of driving to make that goat happen and mm-hmm. produce those kids. And, you know, she's turned out as a good brood doe. So that, that one's always cool. You know, it's nice to see production awards. I wasn't expecting that at all. <laughs> hey, you do uh, milk testing. Yeah. Yep. We're on standard DHI. So we do all that. I haven't verified in the last <laughs> two years and I'm kicking myself because I'm looking at at least the grade top 10 and going, oh, shoot, I would have made that list. <laughs> exactly. You know, that that's hard. You know, like we have a purebred doe and this past year we decided to do uh, uh, owner sampler. And, you know, we're watching her, her production and it's like, man, if we had done standard 20, she'd be on the top 10 as a purebred over Um And it just is like, wow, you know, face palm. <laughs> yeah, it's painful when you get to the end of the year and, you know, usually it's just craziness and schedules and me traveling that you know we'll have to go over that many days and you know it's just trying to find somebody different I I hire someone to come in because I'm always you know again I just don't want anyone to be able to say well she's having them test for her and you know her numbers are fudge because again people like to make stuff up and yeah so but I've you know it took years to find a tester (laughs) to come out here and then she ended up going to a different job yeah so we ended up our verification tester became our regular tester. So finding somebody to do verification has always been a little tricky on top of it. So, you know, top, top 10 is cool, but the, you know, the records, just having the data myself is the most important part of it to me. I, I agree. I fully agree. That's... Um, and I've seen a lot of top 10 does whom. Right. You know, I've, I've owned a couple or one and sometimes they're not ones you really want to take in the show ring. You know, yes, they're producing you know, 10 to 14 pounds a day, but you know, what's it doing to their memory? On the other hand, I've seen some does who are producing that who are stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the production, it's nice, but I would want a bit of that uh, confirmation to type with it too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think everybody That's wants the best of both worlds we when it comes to dairy goats, right? Different. You want, I mean, the <laughs> you want them to excel in the ring and also with, in the pail. As of that, we were using at the time. Put <laughs> so, it, she looked like a thoroughbred. She had no body. She was high at the hip. I mean, she had strong pasterns, and that was kind of what she had going for. So I've put so much emphasis more on type than anything and I'm a general appearance freak when it comes to my goats so it's kind of neat like I just (laughs) kind of started in the last few years to put a little bit more emphasis in finding milkier lines it but it's kind of cool to see as my types gotten better so has the production on my does without really putting a huge focus on it so Right. Well, once you once you get that general appearance and also that utter attachment that everybody likes in the ring, yeah. uh, you know, four utter, uh, utter, that that's also capacity, and that's going to come with milk usually. Just the type to hold that mammary and to have a you know well attached <laughs> yeah. structured mammary system. 
so that's kind of where my thought you know as a youth kind of always was it's you know don't put the cart before the horse kind of thing so that that's where I've been I've just heard the you know everyone you know you can't fit a big car in a little garage and I don't know why that stuck <laughs> with me as much as it did but that's so, probably part of why such a general appearance for you. <laughs> you know it, it, it's I, I like dough that even when they're dry are nice to look at <laughs> you know it, it, you know for at least here in central New York we've got you know four months where there's snow and yuck and you know, I want a dough that when I look in the pen, I can go, yeah, get you in the show ring, girl. You know? And then it does, doesn't it? It sounds really bad. But at the same time, it's one of these things where you want a dough that sounds weird. Thing to the that eye sounds really weird. All year round, even when <laughs> she's dry. Yep. You know? I, I tell people, I'm like, I just want to be able to look into my field and see a really nice goat. I don't want to go. I'm going to have to set up. They should just structurally sitting out, you know, just grazing or browsing look like a nice show goat. They should have that level top line. Their feet should be where they should be. You know, that like that's, that's kind of my goal is, you know, as much as we love showing and, you know, I've put a lot of effort into being a good showman. I, you know, I Mm -hmm. just want to breed goats that I don't have to work for. <laughs> right. Yep. You're not pinching down every two yeah. seconds and, and and resetting their feet. Usually they can do it pretty fluidly if they're built right. So I wanted to get into this because when I first approached you about being on the podcast, you it was right at your height of tick TikTok fame uh with one of your goats uh that went viral on TikTok. Uh, so, so if anybody doesn't know what TikTok is, it's like this little platform that you can, uh, one minute, minute, up to one minute videos, right, Grace? Uh, and, and they can either be funny or whatever, and they usually have sounds with them. Yeah. Uh, so Grace has, uh, proven to be pretty good at making (laughs) these videos and one of her goats uh, who you lovingly call Michael Scott? Oh yeah, that's that's what my uh, life has come to. <laughs> uh, has been kind of the star, and he even he even has his own merchandise now, right? When can I get one of those Michael Scott mugs? By the way. <laughs> <laughs> so well, well, listen for 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 people that don't know, one of your Michael Scott videos got over 14.5 million views on a single video. So honestly, that's that's impressive. And one reason why I'm really impressed is because that's 14.5 million people who probably didn't know about La Mancha's or Dairy Goats that now have viewed all the other videos on your TikTok profile uh, that pertain to Dairy Goats and, and Livestock Guardian Dogs. And all that good stuff. So you're, so you're really educating the people. And, and with that, you also go live on TikTok from time to time where you're milking a goat. And people are asking, hey, why does that goat have a little bit of blood next to her tail? And you're saying, oh, she just freshened, had babies. 
and you explain to them. I think it's amazing and it's amazing tool to use to educate people that probably don't Sorry. know. Nope, I heard you. <laughs> I missed the last part, so I want to make sure you were done. Did yeah, I lose you or did I make you John. speechless? Yeah, that whole... Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, here and there, but I, I got the gist of it. <laughs> Was I really? But, yeah, he... really love technology. I just never <laughs> he wanted to. <laughs> oh, that's annoying. Darn. So the John's general gist was, you know, in the vid, these TikTok videos, you're you're milking a dough, and you <laughs> questions are coming up. People are asking things like, you know, why is there a bloody discharge at the back of the dough? And you're explaining that she just freshened and, and she just had babies, and it, it's part of the whole you know life cycle, and it's a great tool. Um, yeah. I think that's where John was going. Yeah, it's because a lot of my videos did not, you know, like I wasn't intending to go viral. And that was, you know, a really dumb video that I just started watching it blow up within. I went, oh, no. <laughs> what <is that? laughs> so, you know, like a lot of I've had people ask for me to make more <laughs> educational videos. And it's fun, you know, like Derek Carey and all these <laughs> pages that you follow and that do that. So I'm kind of trying to get there but the live thing made it easy to just you know oh I'm milking or I'm feeding babies to kind of jump on there and talk to people and you know I, I even have friends from high school and everything that hop on and you know we just talk random stuff but I mean the one I did like a two-hour one this morning while I was milking and doing chores and everything and you know it's interesting I was concerned that you know you're going to get animal rights people or you're going to get something but it's actually been a really positive experience and you know you have a lot of people asking questions and people about you know I'm looking at getting goats or you know just trying to understand the milking uh, you know you're not going to get blood and pus out of milk you're not going to you know it doesn't hurt them the stand isn't this torture device and you know it's been really good in that regard to bring light to that I am uh, out of my comfort zone doing it but it's been you know at least a good way to communicate with people since we're all still stuck at home up here <laughs> i was gonna ask you know, you know what benefits you'd had from you know the social media and the tiktok and the facebook you know as far as the farm goes um i've kind you know, of tried to keep it separate mainly because you know i'm like constantly thinking all right eventually i'm gonna have and you can at least on TikTok filter your comments. So if somebody puts something that's a little bit animal rights like, you know, I can it filters that immediately so I don't have to worry about it. But you're always kind of all right, I don't want somebody I already had issues, not as much as animal rights, but you know, licensing companies are trying to go after that mm -hmm. video. And I mean they tracked they tracked my, my phone number, they tracked down my farm email, you know, my personal Facebook, they found everything. Really? So, Oh, it was, I was like having to get tough with them. I said, you're, you're almost like a, a point of harassment now where I haven't had a minute to answer really? the first message where I already had told him, you know, I need to do more research because I don't know what licensing is and how that all works. And, you know, they were, I mean, they hit every single, I'm surprised they didn't find like my old email I've had for the past 15 years, honestly, mm -hmm. oh, maybe spam, but it was very bizarre for that week after everything happened. I was just getting, you know, hounded wow. with stuff. So I'm, it was always like in the back of my mind, all right, I kind of got to keep the farm 
separate just in case that becomes an issue yeah, in the future. Yeah. So, you know, and, you know, a couple other people had made comments like on Facebook and, you know, I'm kind of thinking, all right, you have a little bit of a following too. You yeah. might want to be careful because I'm following people who have goats and they might have their farm name attached to it. And you just don't want to see like any crazy going through and finding those and harassing them or anything either. Right. So right. that's in the back of my mind, but so far it's been pretty positive and I haven't had really any issues. So. Have you had, you know, I know you've said you've had some uh, high school friends and people you've known reach out to. Have you met people specifically through the social media or through the TikTok who've reached out to you and been like, Hey, I liked the video or I, I saw your page. Um, and then you get discussing things and you learn something or you teach them something or a little bit like the live is good because there's a live chat while you're doing it. So I can, you know, we start a whole conversation and I have people that I'm noticing are coming on to like almost every live I go on. Cause I, I can see very quickly, like which accounts are joining Okay. So I've had that. I've had a few people message. I you can't message me on TikTok. They can message me on Instagram. That's connected to it. So okay. a few people way, but I think the live has been the easiest way to educate. And there's a few comments on mm -hmm. videos, like the whole matcha thing. I I if I had a dollar every time I had to explain, no, we don't cut off their ears. <laughs> <laughs> I think anybody who shows goats yeah. would be a billionaire at that point. <laughs> you start charging every time I answer it. I'll give you the answer. $5. <laughs> you want the answer? <laughs> yeah. So, so there's a long story why he's still here. So is Michael Scott the money off a, an intact from viral video? So that's at least nice. He's paying for himself. So I... I had ended up keeping this one Nubian buck that I didn't intend to, but I, I, for whatever reason, I just never sold him. <laughs> and then I lost his father this summer, um, who was young and I only had a couple daughters. Um, I think I have two left here, but you know, I decided, all right, I'll keep him and see how he goes. But then I didn't have a companion and he's a little bit more dramatic. So we never sold the La Mancha. He was here um, just cause his sister, my youngest kids, we had mainly January, we had a couple March kids, and then the Lamanches were born in May. So he was here as long as they could stay together. So she was big enough to move in with my May or my March kids. Okay. Because again, they were spoiled and a little prissy and needed no. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I have a dope kid that's wearing costumes and <laughs> and being carried every place. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, oh, we have a spoiled house baby right now that she she's tiny so she's still in the house and you know she was only born a week ago tomorrow but she hops out and she walks all over the house now and when she's hungry she will tell you <laughs> but he up uh, michael scott ended up moving in with the nubian buck and they actually didn't like each other <laughs> michael liked the nubian but the nubian was he lived long story short he had lived in the house a lot longer these couple of march kids so he was kind of like scared of michael scott because he's a lot to deal with and as you can tell from that video he's we're working on his manners but he's a lot so the nubian was like jumping a fence to get into the pen next to him <laughs> so they could see each other and you know so i had put up 
before this video went viral, I put up kind of a sarcastic, joking, but not really post. Like, if somebody wants this book, come get him because I cannot take him anymore. And, you know, all, yeah, but all of a sudden, the last like couple weeks, now they're buddies. So it worked out. But I, I don't know what I'm going to do because <laughs> now he's famous. And I'm like, people are going to get mad if I get rid of this coat. <laughs> do I keep him? Do I weather him? <laughs> so well do you, do you use him to make uh, well, some I experimentals really wanted, with a newbie and you can't use him on just, a sister obviously a and then you can name a son Michael Scott. I looted all my kids to come into heat because they weren't when they were supposed to in December and that was a disaster because I thought I looted them for Christmas Eve when my dad was home and I looked at the calendar wrong and looted them for the 23rd oh, so no. I we don't that was a fun day in the snow so you know i at one point like the last one i just needed her and milk because i needed to see oh, an geez. utter from this buck and i just said all right this buck was kind of tired i'm gonna throw her with the lamacha for a second and if she has grades she has grades so but i really want to name and other people have used them too that have done driveway breedings but i really want to name him like a kid scott's tot <laughs> that's awesome name. you gotta breed somebody just to just to have that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, now it's, we're going to have to see what happens. <laughs> but now after this podcast, you're going to have to. I, I love know, it. That's been my plan. I'm thinking, I'm like, anybody, somebody's going to take it, but it's, I, I can't resist naming something or like all his kids. I'm going to have to get group pictures, make like a video of Scott's tots. <laughs> so, we watch a lot of stuff. So you can get that. <laughs> Yeah, perfect. Well, that's Peacock, awesome. Who took it commented on one of my videos, a different one. Of uh, him. So do I. I, I was gotta a follow up with them more because uh, you know everyone knows him as Michael Scott the Goat now, and like they commented, I forgot what it was, and I just went back. So you want to send a subscription so we could watch it and get more ideas? <laughs> so maybe them or something, or tag him in a video and be like, "Hey, I don't want to pay for another one of these <laughs> streaming." <services." laughs> I have goats. They're expensive. Seriously. Seriously. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, there, there's only one other thing that I think we wanted to touch on, and that was on your site. I've, Nate actually yes is the one no. pointed so this out. We, I didn't see it. We used it, to do it a uh, lot more. And my goal the last you, year was to get <laughs> more into it again. It didn't happen. So I think this year is our plan is to try and make a little bit more. And, you know, I'm assuming we're going to be home more than anything with how this year is going. So, yeah, we made quite a bit. And I used to, it was actually a big thing. I used to sell them at rabbit shows. And, you know, I was selling quite a bit. And mm -hmm. that's my goal is to try and make money off these goats to pay for the amount of grain they eat. And hey, yeah, yeah. And I actually I brought it up on TikTok Live last night or this morning, and I had all people are like, "Oh my gosh, we want goat milk soap." So I'm like, maybe yeah. I'll have to do something and relate it to TikTok, and you know, that'll be my next business. Michael Scott soap. Yeah. My <laughs> we can name all lines after the office or something. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if anybody wants that soap. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm for it. I'm a huge Office fan, so as soon as I saw his name, I was like, and then saw the video, I was like, this is this is amazing. He should have a son named well, Dwight. Well, people and, like and, now everyone saw his and body alter that ego, movie uh, Scarn, like it, before this. It was and like, like, oh my gosh, that's Dwight. I'm like, hard we can call him Dwight. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you want to? Call- <laughs> they don't get along. <laughs> 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 well, well, and and I, I've noticed that with naming your goats on registrations, like you have Red Leader, which is Star Wars reference. Uh, you know, you have you 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 use all these uh, no. cool names that a lot of people don't really think of because <laughs> they don't want people to know that they're. I'm let's really face it, goat people are usually because, nerds. Like, I don't like to use the same names, and I'll go through the database and find goats that either have very few names with the same one or none so i i just i don't like to do the boring old same names you've heard six thousand times at a show (laughs) so my dad puts it as Mm -hmm. there's a story from when i used to show at biggie there was a parent who did the announcing every year and he he would do it to annoy me but my dad he's like you must have like subconsciously been trying to mess him up with some of these names because you know we have imperatrix mundi we have latin names we have star wars harry potter you know i have all these different spells and you know he's like you must have been just trying to trip him up because he would always announce it hoops and loops instead of hops and lops which would and then he would always mispronounce every single name so i don't know if it's just coming from that though i have to keep my rep up <laughs> you, you gotta go with gaelic now gaelic well, games, where there's letters that don't even make sense <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> we our first year of having kids uh registered with you know in our farm name uh we did we were really big into this anime show called Fairy Tale. Yeah, Japanese cartoons, people. I know. Um, and it was, I never really thought anything of the names until I had Lynn Fe- Fleming trying to read off the names that well, she was vet- secretary for the show. And I just started yeah, laughing. I was vet- like, nobody has any idea what these names are. And we it's hilarious. Tierney and I are just sitting there smug, smugly smiling. My vet's really good. If there's an emergency, I think I've just traumatized all the young vets enough that he'll come in off and help if it's a serious thing. So like this. But, you know, we're all holding the goat and we're talking and she has a very dark spell for her name. And then, you know, the vet just kind of looked at me and she goes... <laughs> I get, I know what that is. And she's like, I'm studying for my Harry Potter trivia night or something. So, <laughs> <laughs> some, I'm like thinking, I really hope people don't look up the translations of some of these because they get kind of dark. <laughs> I was going to say, I was looking at your website and some of those are, you know, wow. Um, you, you... <laughs> I'm, I'm into well, I should, yeah I'm into I'm a big movie fan so some of it comes from that and I tried I have a doe named Dahlia and obviously it's a wisteria daughter and I should have done it and I regret it now I'm also a really big like true crime fan and you know I that's 90% of the podcasts I listen to are going to be all these like you know different true crime things and stories and missing persons so I'm like 
I really should have gone with Black Dolly and started a whole different line. And then I finally did it this year. I did. I'm like, well, Amityville is a city. We could do that. And we could do like hauntings and stuff and really mess with people. <laughs> I, just, I just saw Amityville and Arkham and Asylum. Yeah. And... I'm, I'm a big Batman fan too. <laughs> 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 comes in and, and I have a buck um, that I bought from Airbnb a couple years ago and it's an A line. And I couldn't figure out, and um, what's Alcatraz has been like on my bucket list. I need to go there, so I ended up naming him Alcatraz. So we have like Folsom Prison, and I have a couple different Harry Potter prisons that we've started now. So yeah, they're getting a little dark. <laughs> oh, come on, Folsom Prison. That's now you got a, a whole Johnny Cash line. Exactly. That's where I I'm, love it. I'm going it's great. With that. It's, it's really freshening it's up the, the name Johnny pool. Pool more than I probably want to admit, but <laughs> like, oh, there's options here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like, That's exactly. fine. This is, yeah. this is oh a God, friendly space. No one knows. <laughs> there's only hundreds of people listening to this. Don't worry. You know, I might get some friend, some uh, odd friend requests after this. <laughs> Uh, I, I tell people all the time, my Facebook, I've kind of given up. That's why all I post on Facebook is just goat stuff because I have almost 3000 friends and I'm thinking, I don't know who half these people are. And, you know, there's a small percent I actually tell. And then you have the percent of people I recognize because I've judged their goats. And then you have the rest of them. Is, I might know you, but mm-hmm. I don't really know. So that's where I've gotten. That's why my Facebook is just 100% goat advertisements right. basically just cute goat pictures <laughs> that's what was nothing wrong with that yeah yep yep guilty i find enough crazies on talk now yep. i was getting marriage proposals this yep. week so same same really crazy yeah my, i haven't told my mother that she's gonna be thrilled <laughs> in english <laughs> oh my god she's like somebody else needs to pay for these goats or help you pay for them this is kind of ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> no, other than thank you, Grace, for being on. Well, I, th- I think that's a, a good spot to wrap up. Uh, Please, I get uh, to talk you to you guys after. To add? I haven't seen you in forever at this point. Exactly. Well, that's kind of why we started the whole podcast. You know, at some point we'll have to all get get together. Hopefully, be in the show ring and you yeah, know, know. talk and know. hang out. You can drag. And you can show some Nubians for me that haven't yep. left my bar for two years. <laughs> well, we'll we'll do that if you show some Oberhaslis for us. That works. Yeah, it's a fair trade, but I, you know, no take backs. <laughs> I think you're getting the better end of the deal. I... <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but. Uh... <gasps> She just yeah. got a couple. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but Faith Schultz has uh, specifically told me that I'm only to show her Nubians. So, sorry. <laughs> only a couple. <laughs> Don't worry, John's got a daughter you can fight with Danielle over uh, showing right to it. No, we can show Sanans <laughs> earlier. Sanans uh, are easy for well, lockups. Grace, they- exactly. The we- big, but they're gentle. A giant son and we'll just stand yeah. there with a the kid and just give him kisses. New Nubians, it depends. <laughs> it's one yeah. or the Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. 
<laughs> yeah, there's yeah. no in between. <laughs> so, well, Grace, thank you again for being on the show. Oh, yeah. I really appreciate that it. I know you're like in the middle the of kidding season, and, and, and you're probably exhausted. I'm hoping that coffee kind of helps a little bit today. Get updated on paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> well well thank you again for being with us and, and nate thanks for being on the show again brother always always good to co-host the show with you night. um so everybody else you have a wonderful Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry.